This is Voices in Japan with Ben and Burke, and on this episode, we explore the friendships that we have formed with Japanese people over our combined 33 years in the country. We compare our experiences with the opinions in a Japan Today article that laments about five reasons foreigners find it hard to become friends with Japanese people. Some of those reasons include always being treated as a gaijin or foreigner. Backhanded compliments for using basic Japanese or chopsticks, indirect communication in Japanese culture, and much, much more. Do Ben and I agree with the opinions of the article? Listen to the episode to find out now. Please remember to check out the sponsors of the podcast mentioned in the show notes for the episode, and please support the show by going over to Apple Podcasts and giving us a rating and review. And now, on to the show. 1,2,3 Yeah, that was one thing I was asking about, but what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about found this article which um i've kind of been thinking about for a while uh about why it's difficult to become friends with japanese people and this article in japan today um is specific to foreigners five reasons foreigners find it hard to become friends with japanese people but i don't think it's just foreigners find it hard to become friends with people in japan it's also japanese people You know, it's,、uh, it's quite rare for Japanese people to have really close friends that they haven't known for at least, you know, when they were in their childhood, teenagers,、um, yeah, even、uh, elementary school. I think a lot of Japanese people's closest friends are the ones they went to elementary school with or junior high school. And usually after then, they don't. Seem to be able to have that strong bond anymore or be able to make as strong a bond, maybe because they, they,、uh, you know, the maturity levels change, they grow up more, they become less open. Because when, you know, kids are in elementary school, and you notice it in Japan too, they're just, they're not shy or as shy.、Uh, they talk a lot more, say how they think, how they feel. But as soon as they kind of get to, you know, end of junior high, high school, They really sort of start to clam up.、Um, and I think, you know, that's basically like normal Japanese society. And probably because of that reason, it makes them harder to make friends with anyone. And usually when, you know, foreigners meet Japanese people, they're usually in their adult ages. So we probably have those same experiences of making friends with Japanese people because of that reason. Yeah. One thing that there's,、uh... Different though is like, I mean, I guess people do it overseas as well, but they still have these like kind of get together with their elementary school friends or their junior high school,、uh, like group of friends. They'll have these like,、uh, periodic get togethers throughout their life. Like the last time my mom was in Japan for my wedding, um, you know, a few years ago and she was in her sixties at the time, but she still met up,、uh, while she was here, like just in the country for a week or two. With like her group of friends,、uh, from junior high school. 
And, uh, you know, and, and this is something you kind of hear people doing about like, uh, once they graduate, like maybe when they're like in their twenties or once in their thirties or something, they'll have these, somebody will organize these kind of get togethers for their group of friends. And, uh, I don't really know if like, I mean, we have like, uh, in America, we have like class reunions for high school and stuff like that, but not really kind of like these get together dinners where it was like exactly like a group of friends from that uh, period of your life or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I've spoke to some of my Japanese friends and they normally have that kind of、uh, reunion, usually like once a year, maybe four of their closest friends from either elementary school, junior, junior high school or high school. And they would always meet、uh, every year at least one time together and then just reminisce about those, those times, which is,、um, but that's, that's the only people they kind of do it with. They don't really. Uh, have that kind of relationship with their, their adult friends. Right.、So、much. Yeah. Exactly. So they're not as close, I guess, you know,、mm. and, 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 you know, because they've known each other for such a long time as well, they know a different side of them that their older selves, uh, would, would not know about. And it's, you know, it, it, it might even be the same with us too. I think like my, my closest friends are probably the ones I went to, uh, Yeah, I guess high school with, but also university. I've got some really close friends.、Um, but then you, I think once you get older, it's harder to get closer to people in a way. Yeah, for sure. I mean, same for me. Like,、uh, I think my closest friends are the guys that I went to university with just because I'm still more in touch with them. But like the guys that I grew up with, a few of them, like when I do talk to them, it's just like, Just the same as it was when we were growing up and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but in this article, this,、uh, Madame Didi, whoever Madame Didi is, she, well, she's a frequent source of opinion and cultural commentary, and she has compiled a few of the reasons why it is difficult or why foreigners find it hard to befriend Japanese on a higher than acquaintance level. First thing she mentioned, the Gaijin card. The so-called Gaijin card is a much-talked-about wild card that foreigners can use to gain instant forgiveness for cultural transgressions in Japan. But then she goes on to talk about how the Gaijin card is also a two-way street. No matter how hard you try to assimilate into Japanese culture, you will forever be a perpetual other. In quotation marks. How do you、An、feel? An outsider, yeah, outsider. In a way, yeah. I kind of feel that in a way that I would never. Really be truly accepted in Japan society, but not, you know, I just won't be accepted as a Japanese person, which I'm not. So I'm not really that bothered about being truly accepted. Yeah. But I don't want to be treated as an outsider, you know, you know, being, being treated as someone that doesn't really belong here. Is, uh, is the feeling I get when people say outsider, like you're not welcome in a way. Yeah. I mean, the whole concept, somebody was talking about this, like, I guess in the comments of this article, the whole concept of Uchi and Soto, like an insider and outsider, like it's just even, uh, not just with like foreigners in the country, but even within like, uh, like business culture, obviously like, uh, people within a company and people outside of the company. Affects the language that you're supposed to use in certain situations. And I think even within like group of friends and stuff like that too, or,、uh, within a family or people outside of the family and stuff, 
Um, so just because there is this whole concept about Uchi and Soto and insider and outsider, then when you have a situation where it's like foreign people and Japanese people, I think it just gets even that much more stronger. And uh, yeah, it's definitely something you feel as a foreigner. But the other thing too is like, I mean, Japan is just such a homogenous like society. Uh, I mean, a lot of people uh, obviously look similar just because, <laughs> I don't know, it's not bad saying that, but just yeah. because like, you know, like uh, a lot of people would naturally have like dark hair and stuff. And, and uh, they're they're very androgynous looking too, so sometimes you can't tell if they're a man or a female. <laughs> yeah, I guess, but uh, especially my bad eyesight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but so I mean, I mean, a lot of people do differentiate themselves by like dyeing their hair and stuff, but you only can do that to a certain age and whatnot, but. Um, so just because it is such a homogenous society, then especially in certain areas where there aren't even that many foreigners, then of course you're always going to be kind of the, considered the foreigner and stuff. But I guess, especially like, if you have like blonde hair and blue eyes too, I mean, I'm okay. I, I, I fit in cause I look Asian. Um, you look, well, you're half Asian, but, but would you say like when you, at your companies that you worked at before, did you feel like you were the, the token gaijin or outsider or did, or did it feel like um people were perpetuating that to you yeah i'm glad you brought this up because obviously in a lot of situations i was the uh, perpetual foreigner in the situation but that's the thing like when it was a business situation where it was just like everybody really needed to be pulling their own weight i mean i've talked about it before where i'd use the gaijin card at at work to get out of certain things or to get a special treatment or whatever because i was the foreigner but man, when it was like a busy period and, uh, I mean, they just wanted everyone to be pulling their own weight, whether you're like Japanese or not Japanese or not in certain companies, you know? So it just kind of depended on the situation. I And that's the thing. Like, I think a lot of foreigners who are in Japan, um, and just like, you know, in my earlier years too, I was teaching and especially like in a school or in a t teaching situation where there's like foreign teachers, like teaching English and stuff then there's going to be kind of that strong differentiation between the Japanese and the non-Japanese. And so when you're teaching English in Japan, I think you feel it obviously a lot more in a work situation about being an insider and outsider or whatever. I don't know. What do you mm. think? Yeah, I, I seem to tend to agree with you on that one, especially as a as an English teacher in a school. And because, you know, they divide usually the, the foreign teachers together, put them in a corner somewhere usually um and you know obviously when everyone's speaking japanese they're not really speaking to the the english teachers so they definitely get special treatment and uh usually you know the english teachers normally don't mind so much because because of the special treatment they get out of certain meetings certain responsibilities they can leave on time and yeah like pulling the old gaijin card it works quite well in some ways but then, yeah, they, they definitely do feel like they're not a part of the group, you know, and most of the time they're not really included either when it comes to sharing tasks, uh, when it comes to, I don't know, like a school festival, for example, that the foreign teachers or the English teachers might get like a small kind of job, like, I don't know, help some students with posters, but it's not really, you're not really doing anything. They're just giving you some lame job to, uh, to try and, show that they're trying to include you in a way but they're not really yeah 
Like either either they don't trust you or something because maybe the lack of Japanese or and and that's another thing they a lot of the time uh, English teachers are assumed that they don't really know any Japanese which is you know clearly not true because some some people come here to learn Japanese so they have a uh, the the levels good enough to probably to be able to understand and take more responsibility I think. Yeah, this whole thing being treated as a gaijin and not always liking it, I think it kind of has to do with a bit of the phases that you go through in Japan. Because, like, when you're first here, just like for your first year or your second year, you're just kind of happy to be in the country and everything's just amazing and and uh, there's a lot of novelty and stuff like that. But then maybe after you've been here, like, a couple years and people are still treating you like a foreigner all the time, especially with your friends and stuff, I think... That's probably when it <clears throat> starts to feel annoying and stuff. But then you kind of get to another phase after that where you just kind of like find your groove in the country and you're just like, don't, the stuff doesn't bother you. Like, I don't really, uh, I mean, I think, I guess, even in some situations, I'm still treated as a foreigner, but I never really get bothered by it too much. Yeah. I think once you've been here long enough that it doesn't bother you, that's when you're at a good stage because everyone kind of goes through those phases, like you were saying, of, getting annoyed by it but when it's when when it becomes to the point where you don't mind it that means you've basically settled in japan you've accepted it and you're happy so you've got over the whole culture shock you know all these state different stages of it should we move on to the next one the next one on this uh, in this article the constant praise so yeah it's very common for Japanese people to praise everything you do. Uh, a good example is when using chopsticks, they always say, oh my. Or if you speak a little bit of Japanese or you say one Japanese word, they always compliment you on how good your pronunciation is. I get that quite a lot. Um, I know it's, I know they're just being polite and everything, but yeah, I, I even still get it now after being here for so long. I guess that, I mean, does that mean my Japanese is shit if they're like complimenting on my Japanese? <laughs> Maybe it's, you mean like, oh, finally Ben's actually speaking some Japanese, that type of thing? <laughs> well, well, it's got, you know, it's kind of like when, you know, I had that, I had one time, I think I've said it before, where I met my Japanese friend's husband who was also japanese and i was speaking to him in english and he said to my friend oh he speaks really good english and it's like yeah i you know i am english so that <laughs> implies that my my english is bad right? <laughs> if you say an english person speaks good english it means their english is bad <laughs> yeah wow you've gotten so good at your native language <laughs> um yeah but you know what man i was thinking about this whole chopsticks thing and you know what i want to say about this and uh, I hope I don't hurt too many people's feelings, but uh, guess what, foreigners? Your chopstick skills actually aren't that good. <laughs> you know? Uh, Do you, yeah. I mean, I, I actually know for a fact that mine are bad, and I've been using chopsticks since I was a kid, you know, being Chinese. But I use them the way kids use them. They don't use them properly, where, you know, you're not really using the grip correctly so you're resting you're resting the bottom chopstick on your hand where you should be actually moving both of them at the same time quite high up as well and they should always be apart there should always be a gap between them they should never be touching 
Yeah, well, is, is the correct way. Yeah, well, I, but I mean, what I also want to say about this is, first of all, like a lot of people that do come to Japan um, that are foreigners uh, to teach or to work or whatever, they've probably had some interest in Japan beforehand. And so actually a lot of people can use chopsticks uh, very well. So I think they might be taken aback by it a little bit. But uh, for example, like when I'd work in companies, we'd have people come over for business trips sometimes, man. There were people who had no idea how to use chopsticks. So, you know, and... Uh, That's actually quite rare to see, isn't it? Like, I don't think I've ever seen anyone that can't use chopsticks. Yeah, well, that's anyway. what I'm saying. Like, these are people, though, who don't necessarily have any interest in Japan or whatever. They're just here because they had to come over <clears throat> through the company for, like, a few days of a business trip. And, uh, you know, they don't have any interest in using chopsticks. I mean... Obviously, when when go out to eat and stuff, you know they want to be enjoy the culture, so they will use chopsticks. But we've had some people who just like had no idea, and right away they were like, "Can you make sure I get a fork and a spoon or something?" <laughs> um, I mean, some of them, you know, it's just because they've never been to Japan. And uh, I mean, one example that comes to mind is like this guy that was he was actually a little bit older. He was like in his sixties, and he was from Poland or something. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, he's just like, I can't use these. Like, can you get me? like uh, a fork and a knife. And another guy that comes to mind is this Italian guy. Uh, you know, he was a younger guy in his 30s and 40s, and he just had no interest. He was like, as soon as we sat down, he was like, can you make sure they get me a, f a fork and a knife? You know, he, he just couldn't be bothered to, I mean, he was just strictly here to take care of business and stuff, you know. Um, but the other thing is, too, one re another reason like a lot of Japanese people say it is because there's a lot of Japanese people who don't use chopsticks properly either, just like you were describing the way they, they hold them is uh, maybe not correct. So when they do see like foreign people holding cho uh, chopsticks in the correct way, then they actually are genuinely surprised. They're like, oh, you know how to use chopsticks better than maybe some Japanese people. So they're not always saying it uh, like how it's described in this article. I think they mentioned like microaggressions or something. Uh, essentially, a Japanese person compliments your basic chopstick use or your above average pronunciation of rudimentary Japanese phrases and asks, when will you go back to your home country? Uh, <laughs> do you like Japanese women? Confirming their own stereotypes about foreigners while at the same time presenting it in a complimentary fashion that feels difficult to refute or take offense to. I mean, I don't know. Do you feel like uh, Japanese people are being rude when they're complimenting making compliments about chopsticks? No, and, uh, I, I, I really don't think so. I, I just think they're just trying to be polite. Like, I remember... When it happened to me, it's happened to me uh, at work before where I was having lunch. And, uh, yeah, one of the teachers, the Japanese teachers, just uh, commented about how good my chopstick skills were. And I just think it was just his way of trying to have a conversation with me, you know. So, And, and that was a good conversation start because then we just started to talk about using chopsticks and then my background and, you know, my family's from Hong Kong. And then and then it just went on to other things and... And actually, it made us become even closer because if he didn't comment on that use of my chopsticks, then we probably wouldn't have a conversation at all, you know, during that during that lunchtime. Yeah, I mean, I just like yeah. to say people should consider the opposite. Like, what if every time you tried to use chopsticks, Japanese people around you were like, your chopstick skills suck, man. <laughs> <laughs> that might be even better. I mean, at least <laughs> in, in <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, would, I would love that to happen, actually, for someone to say that. You know, I'd be so shocked um, in, in a good way. And then you just end up, you know, bantering with each other, getting each other shit, which is 
kind of quite rare in Japan, I think. Well, yeah, if they were actually, you know, doing it、uh, as part of banter or something. But the reason I bring that up is one time I was in Taiwan、uh, with some of my Asian friends, and uh, and uh, it was a night after like uh,、um, drinking. We all went out for dim sum on like on a Sunday or something. And、uh, one of my friends was like,、uh, I mean, he's kind of, you know, just、uh, joking around, but he's like, yeah, you can't use chopsticks very well, can you? I'm like, what are you talking <laughs> about, man? Like, I grew up using chopsticks all the time. We like,、uh, you know, my mom, and he knew this, you know, my mom's Japanese and stuff, but he's like, bro, like, I've been using chopsticks for every meal since, like, I was a baby kid or something, you know? So don't try to compare, like, and he was serious, you know? So maybe there is, like, some, and it made me think, like, may, all right, maybe people really do. Recognize something about like、uh, you know foreigners; they're not actually using chopsticks that well, or something. You know, so so are you one of those people that doesn't use chopsticks properly, like me? I get well. You mean <laughs> how you hold them? Yeah, yeah. Like, you, well, I do actually a little bit because、uh, uh, you know you're supposed to rest the top one between I think your second and third finger, but I actually hold.、Uh, I think I hold between. I don't know. I got to put it in my hand to remember, but I think I hold between my thumb and my first finger, and then the other one is on my、uh, fourth finger or something, which is not actually the correct way <laughs> to hold it. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to like picture that now, and I mean, I and, don't know if I, I, I actually got to hold it to remember how to do it, but it's a little bit、uh, different. Well, I met this,、uh, you know, I didn't date this girl. I feel like every girl I bring up on the podcast, I'm like, I used to date this girl. Um, it's the same one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but actually, this girl I didn't date. I was thinking about dating her, and I was coming out of a relationship, and I kind of decided I wanted to stick with the、uh, the old girlfriend. But、uh, but we kind of were starting to talk, and she、um, she was actually a makeup saleswoman, but she also had like this.、Uh, Hold on, we we mentioned her in the last podcast episode, one right? The one、no. that you were practicing.、Um, you like when you'd go to the. The shop and just sit around. No, no, buying makeup. No, that one.、Uh, she was kind of a makeup. This woman was like a legitimate, like、uh, high earner、uh, selling makeup. But oh, so she wasn't working at the shops. She was like, <laughs> oh, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that woman is still my girlfriend. I still go see her like once a month. <laughs> Uh, no, this、uh, this was different. But she, this woman also、um, like had certification in like teaching about Japanese culture, and so she taught me a lot actually about like、uh, you know using chopsticks. And she taught me like told me about all like the、uh, the thing the rude things people do. You know, like straightening or like making your chopsticks the same length by like、uh, pushing on the plate with your chopsticks or something. You know, so they kind of line up. Like、uh, that's very rude, actually. And、uh, in Japanese etiquette, you're supposed to always just adjust your chopsticks、uh, with your other hand、uh, to make sure they're the, the same length and stuff. And and、uh, the way you set your chopsticks down on the hashiyoki and everything. So, I mean, so that's the thing. That's why I was kind of joking, saying, "Guess what? Like most people, actually, the way they use their chopsticks are not like at the highest level because there are there actually are all these rules of etiquette and stuff of how you're supposed to use your chopsticks, but." Right, so when、uh, Japanese people are complimenting you on your chopstick skills, they're probably being sincere. In a lot of cases, because, yeah, yeah, because their、uh, their levels and their、um, what is it, what what they expect, their expectations are quite high. So,、uh, and there's different levels, obviously. So maybe they actually really mean what they're saying when they're complimenting you. 
the mystery. The next one, the mystery. Never directly saying what they think or feel, so you never really know how close you are to someone because they don't express their true feelings or opinions. Yeah, this one's、um, a pretty big issue for you, right? I've heard you kind of get upset about this one before. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this one's this one is a tough one because. You know, this one is a tough one because even if you ask someone how they are, which in Japan it's it's not often that people do that. You know, because I remember when I first came here, people don't ask each other how are you. We say, you know, if you wanted to translate it, it would be like, you know, oh, genki desu ka. But no one says that to each other, so you don't really want. You don't really know when to how to kind of use that. Like, what is there a substitute? For that kind of question in Japanese, genki desu ka? Okay, genki desu ka. Well, <clears throat> kind of a more, I think,、uh, natural way of actually s- kind of asking the same question with the same words is a lot of people just,、um, especially on like、uh, a message or something that you'll send to somebody, they'll say like, and if it's been a little bit of wa- a little while since you've talked to them, then they'll say like, genki ni shite ru, genki ni shite masu ka instead of genki desu ka. You know. But do, but do they actually use that? I've never heard anyone, like any Japanese people, use it with each other, and they never used it to me. They would only use it to me because I use it to them. I would say at first. I mean, again,、uh, when I usually see it being used, it's like in a message that's being sent when you haven't talked to somebody maybe in like a couple months or something. So, so not face to face. Yeah, so it's more so like how have things been going for you type of thing.、Mm-hmm. Um, But this is this is also、um, a big reason why, you know, it's hard to strike up a, a conversation with someone because of the the indirectness of the Japanese language. Asking "How are you?" is a very direct question. Yeah,、And、I mean, some the Japanese pe- aren't used to responding to something so direct. Yeah, I mean, some people say like "saikin do" or something. You know, so this is、mm. basically like how how things been going recently and stuff. Yeah,、um, yeah, I, I remember like you know quite recently I, I went to went to the dojo、uh, to do some jujitsu and I hadn't seen the guy for a long time and I was just like oh you know genki datta、mm. and then he kind of looked at me almost like taken aback、um, like he. Like he'd never been asked that question before, <laughs> <Really> ? and then looked to me, thought for about five seconds. I'm just like, "Hmm, ma, ma," <laughs> and that's like, you ain't giving me anything there. You know, what, what, what could I go off that? Because you know, obviously, with with English, we're we're asking that question to start a conversation. But when when they're answering like that, where where do you go from there? Ah.、Uh. Yeah, I, I think that's another big reason why it's hard to make friends with、uh, with Japanese people because you can't be direct with them. So how do you start a conversation? Maybe with the weather. The weather is always a good one. I think weather. A lot of people say like "saikin isogashi" or something. You know,、mm, uh, it's yeah, kind of a、yeah. common one that comes up. But when I was thinking about this particular part, when they're talking about you know people are indirect and it's、uh, hard for people to deal with, it just kind of made me realize like even about a lot of things in this article. It's just.、Uh, You know, I think what bothers foreigners when they're trying to become friends with Japanese people is just that,、uh, you know, th- their relationship isn't fitting into their mold of what they're used to.、Uh, that's supposed to be like a friendship, a friendship like back home. They're kind of always expecting a friendship with Japanese people to kind of match their friendship、uh, with people that they have back home, and、uh, and in that sense, like there's obviously a lot of direct directness when you're talking with people and stuff. 
And instead of like a lot of indirect communication or avoiding conflict or these other things that are kind of very common in Japanese culture. But, you know, at, at the same time, though, there's obviously a lot of Japanese people that kind of want to interact with foreigners, uh, you know, how foreigners interact with each other. So you'll meet those people too sometimes. And not every, you know, sometimes Japanese people are kind of doing that a little bit awkwardly, you know? So this whole thing about like, uh, when people kind of feel like people aren't being direct or not, I think it's kind of one of those signs of homesickness, to be honest. You're kind of like, why won't people just be like they are when they're back home, you know? I think it's uh, sometimes maybe people might be going through a little bit of homesickness when they start to get bothered by stuff like this. Mm, yeah, yeah, I see, I see where you're coming from. Um, but also because of the indirectness um, and uh, the conflict that Japanese people try to avoid, they agree with people a lot. You know, oh, so this near, so this near. You know, actually, I I use that all the time. <laughs> um, when people talk to me, you know, agreeing because then you can uh, get on with people a bit better. Um, and also, my Japanese isn't great. So if I just say, so this near, it, it kind of shows that I understand what they're talking about and they'll carry on talking to me. <laughs> but if I stop using it, they might just stop, you know, they might just think, oh, Ben doesn't understand what I'm saying. I'm not going to talk to him anymore. And then that's it. The relationship's over. Yeah. So yeah, so this near's a, been a lifesaver in Japan. Got to be careful with it a little bit because sometimes when you use it and then you realize they're actually waiting for some kind of response <laughs> from you because they just asked a question or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's happened to me quite a few times. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, I mean, this is definitely true. And I guess I can see how it does bother some people, uh, you know, when they're trying to become friends with somebody and, you know, and they're not really – they don't feel like uh, even though they know them, they don't really know what they're saying. So – People will start to feel like, I mean, are we really friends? Are we not friends? You know, so. Mm, yeah. I mean, how many, um, how many Japanese friends would you say you have? Like real friends? Uh, well, I mean, not that many. No, not, not including because, your, not including your family. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like a lot of my time right now is just being spent with my family. So I don't feel like I have any friends. <laughs> <laughs> Japanese yeah, or you're only friends of your, your daughters <laughs> exactly your baby daughters daughter. yeah which is pretty funny because my older daughter is kind of turning into quite a character but um <laughs> yeah like outside of that uh uh actually like a lot of uh good uh friends that have remained over the years have been like uh girls not necessarily like ex-girlfriends but just like a lot of uh female friends but like good guy friends um few and far between for sure yeah, I would agree with that. Definitely more female friends, uh, you know, ex-co-workers. Um, males always seem like a lot harder to to get closer to. Women, Japanese women definitely seem to be a bit more open yeah, to, but, uh, to sharing rather than the men. I don't know if that's just males, females in general, but it seems to be a lot more emphasized in Japan. Well, it kind of reminds me a little bit of something that uh, one of these, somebody brought up in the comments to this article. And I was just saying like uh, a lot of the reason maybe two people find it hard to make friends in Japan is just like interests are very different. And uh, when it comes to guys like Japanese guys, uh, unless like your interests are very similar, then yeah, it's for some reason quite hard to become close uh, or become good friends with a uh, Japanese guy where you're kind of like saying what's up all the time or, you know, 
kind of uh, seeing them quite often or something. Yeah, and that's a really good point because, you know, as foreigners, we have, especially the ones that live here, we've left the home countries to come to a completely different place by ourselves to set up a new life. And then to meet someone that has never done anything like that before, you are completely different people. And, the, you know, your, your morals are different, your values are different. So to not be able to get along with that kind of person is, you know, shouldn't be that surprising. Whereas one of, uh, probably, probably my only really good Japanese friend actually in Japan is, uh, is, is Toshi who was on the show before. Um, but he's kind of quite similar. He lived in Canada for an amount of time, speaks really good English. And he's one of those people that likes to travel. So in respect, he, we know we have similar values, similar interests. He loves snowboarding. And that's why we get on so well. And so it's probably not surprising that I haven't been able to find uh, more friends because I haven't been able to meet people that are more like me in a way. Yeah, I think like especially one good thing that's like about being in Hokkaido is because like you do meet a lot of uh, Japanese guys uh, usually through snowboarding. And uh, like if you're in Tokyo and stuff, I mean, I guess unless you're like soccer club together or some kind of other sports together, then there's really not too many ways that you can have common interests is my impression. I've never really lived in Tokyo for a long time, so... I don't know. Yeah, you, but. Where did you live? You lived um, down south somewhere. I lived in Miyake University. Yeah, right. And uh, but so at that time, I mean, you know, it was a college situation, so there were like uh, some Japanese guys that were kind of like interested in becoming friends with us as foreigners and stuff. But to be honest, that was kind of more of a situation. Actually, no, they were kind of genuinely interested in becoming friends. I would say. But again, we kind of all knew that we weren't going to see each other too long, so we're just trying to enjoy the moment more than anything, I guess. But did you ever stay in touch with any of those friends from university, Japanese ones? No, just through Facebook, you know. So we're still Facebook friends, but even now we don't really chat too much. So. Mm. All right, the last one on this list is uh, it takes time. It takes time to. Build a relationship with Japanese people. Um, yeah, definitely agree on that one. I mean, I'm still working on it, so it's <laughs> taken me like 13 years so far. <laughs> but I would say I have maybe three close Japanese friends now that I've known for a long time. Um, yeah, I had a couple of closer ones, but they kind of left uh, left Japan to to move to other countries. So I don't really stay in touch with them anymore. But at least two or three that still live here that I'm still very close with, and we would see each other at least a couple of times a year, I think. But even the slight thing that it takes time—I mean, this kind of just goes back to I think the first thing that I was kind of talking about in the beginning, where it's like, uh, you know, I don't know if uh, Japanese people with their own Japanese friends like I mean their friendship isn't necessarily like what foreigners expect out of a friendship that we're used to with like our foreign friends either so just kind of is I mean I think that's the thing like what is this really talking about is it talking about it's difficult to become friends with Japanese people in the same way that you have friendships with foreign people you know I mean are people just like 
It takes time because it takes time for Japanese people to fit into the mold of what foreigners expect the friendship to be. Because maybe friendship is just, you know, usually something a little bit different over here too. So,、mm, it, it could more be regarded as、uh, how Japanese people make friends rather than, you know, how foreigners make friends with Japanese people. I mean, like, honestly, I think even in some situations, like,、uh, Japanese people, even with their own good friends, it's still not the same type of relationship that they obviously have with like their own family or something. So they may not be like super close with what they consider their best Japanese friends either, you know? So it's kind of like you're getting、uh, maybe what's normal, but it's just not satisfactory by your expectations as a gaijin. <laughs> yeah, as Western standards of friendship are. You know, obviously, it's a, it's a cultural difference. It sounds like clearly that the the deepness or richness of a friendship is very different depending on the country.、Mm. So Japan is is a lot different than yeah you know, Western countries or where we're from, England and America. Yeah, and just kind of like what you're saying, that might be obviously like、uh, one reason why foreigners, a lot of their friends do end up being a lot of foreigners, is because they're kind of seeking that、uh, friendship that they're used to or. What they would hope to find out of a friendship, and maybe they can only get that、uh, from other foreigners, actually. Right. So I don't think, you know, Japanese people should be,、uh, you know, penalized or,、uh, you know, scrutinized against just for, for those, for not being closer, for, for, for not being able to build those strong relationships. Just, just recognize that it's,、uh, it's a different culture and they do things a lot differently in Japan. It's not, It's not just because you're foreign. It's just that you know friendships are, uh, have a different meaning in Japan. Yeah. So yeah, if you、uh, if you want to get that close relationship, then yeah, look at you know find some foreigners, which is probably quite easy to do, and then、uh, that'll fill that void. Yeah, I'm sure like some Japanese people obviously do have Japanese friends that they're like super close with. They feel like they can talk. About anything with, but maybe a lot of Japanese people like what they expect out of a friendship, even from their f- foreign friends, isn't like always somebody that they can rely on and run to in times of need and stuff because maybe they don't feel like that's appropriate to burden their friends with、uh, that type of situation. So maybe sometimes when foreigners are like, why can't I emotionally depend on my Japanese friends? Just like, and for the Japanese person, it's like, why is this person so needy <laughs> trying to like. Be this yeah, close with me. I just want to be friends with her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stop calling me all the time and asking me for shit. <laughs> yeah. Why do you keep changing your number? <laughs> yeah. That's like、um, the third time this week. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. So I, I kind of wanted to ask you, but you've been in Japan a long time.、Um, did you ever go through that phase of like, I want to make Japanese friends? And if you have, have you stopped? Kind of worrying about that, and are you over it? And you just want to, you know, just take things how they come. Yeah. Well, to answer the second question first, I feel like now I'm just like so busy with so many things, including family and stuff. I'm just like not really too concerned about how many Japanese friends or foreign friends I have. It's just kind of like whoever's gonna make my life the easiest is <laughs> 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 the best. Um, but definitely, when I first got here, just because I was so determined to improve my Japanese skill, I was almost like I was almost against becoming friends with foreigners. And I think a lot of people、um, took that as me be, being kind of like cold or something. 
Uh, oh, you were one of those people. How long did how long were you like that for? Because I've met people like that before, but I've never met you when you were in that stage. Yeah, well, definitely like the first year I was here, and then I kind of realized like actually the best way to meet a lot of Japanese people is through your foreign friends. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, so I kind of stopped doing that. But I mean, when I first came to Japan, I thought I was only going to be here a year, just like buckling down, studying the language, and then getting back to the U.S. and uh, and going back into the workforce. Um, because again, part of the reason why I came over here is just like the U.S. economy was so bad after I graduated uh, university and was working for uh, like a year and a half there. So I thought I was just going to be here, discover my roots, uh, and improve my Japanese as much as possible. So I was just like, all right, I can only have Japanese friends. But, uh, so I did kind of go through that phase, but, uh, yeah, where I'm at right now, I feel like I've got a good balance. Like everybody in my life, I'm really happy with who they are. Um, you know, I think it would be cool to have more, uh, Japanese guy friends, but honestly just so busy, like I can't really <laughs> be bothered about that. But how about you? Did you kind of go through that phase and where are you at right now? Yeah, I'd, I never went through the phase of refusing to be friends with uh, non-Japanese people. But I, when I, <laughs> when I first came, I did want to make as many Japanese friends as possible, and I, f- I found it really hard, really hard from the beginning. Um, and then it got to a point, maybe like five years into Japan, where I was just like, "What? Wh- why am I getting so stressed about making Japanese friends? If it doesn't, if, you know, you shouldn't." Be able. You shouldn't force friends. Force yourself to be friends with someone. It should just happen naturally. So I started to realize that, and then stop trying to make friends with Japanese people, but and stop actively looking for for Japanese friends. And now, after being here for so long, um, I'm in a, at a stage in my life where I'm just happy with the friends I have. And actually, I don't even want new friends. You know, whether they're Japanese or foreign, because it's it's just like starting this whole new relationship again, and I'm a bit more picky with uh, with friends now. It's like I have to know that they're going to be around for a significant amount of time for me to put the effort in, because I'm probably going to be here for yeah a long time, maybe even the rest of my life. So I want to be friends with people that are on that kind of same wavelengths, exactly like you, like like yourself, Burke. And, yeah. You know, people that have got roots here and are planning to stay here. And if I find out that they're probably not going to be here for a long time, then I, won't, I just won't try so hard. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing. We're just kind of getting older, too. So it's just all about, you know, like not inducing unnecessary stress. But <laughs> but I definitely, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I do like meeting new people still. But, uh, man, I just feel like, again, just like you were saying, kind of have like so many good people in my life right now that, you know, I don't necessarily feel like I need to meet more people, so. Yeah, we got enough good friends. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> don't need anyone else. <laughs> For sure. But, I mean, that's just like, that's the whole kind of lifestyle, man. You meet so many good people here, especially the people that decide to stay long term, so. Alrighty. Yeah. We're about that time. Um as uh, as always, everyone, if you enjoy the podcast and you enjoy this episode, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes. It only takes a couple of minutes, uh, and that would really help us out with uh, rankings and more people being able to find our show, so we can get get a, get the show out there a bit more, a bit more to people. Yeah, those um, reviews are could... always always really interesting because uh, again, we 
it's fun to read them and see what people like about the show too so definitely appreciate when people leave a review uh, for the show as well and uh, and if you want to help us out even more you can also leave us a, a donation and we will leave a, a link to that on the show notes so uh, yeah please do that if you really want to be generous to us and help out the show every little bit definitely does help us so we do appreciate it yep for sure alright everyone uh, thanks for joining us this week and we will catch you next time thank you bye This episode of the podcast is being sponsored by Hokkaido Guide. Hokkaido Guide was established over 10 years ago and is written by locals, for locals, and international tourists. The guide contains information on all types of businesses and locations around Hokkaido. There's information regarding all things Hokkaido, such as sightseeing, nightlife, events, services, food and restaurants, entertainment, outdoor activities, and much, much more. Currently offered in English and Thai, advertising space is available, so check out Hokkaido Guide for everything you need to know about this beautiful prefecture.